Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Race Tech Suspension FXR Racing Privateer Island Life Podcast. It's number 99. I just realized that this morning when I sat down. So, Wayne Gretzky of Privateer Podcast. Uh, we got Kyle Cunningham coming up here shortly. Kyle had a very good outdoors when he was racing and uh, when he showed up. And we'll get to the reasons why he wasn't at all of them and what he wants to do for 2020 and more when we dive into this thing. FXR Racing. Use the code PULPAMX30 when you check out at fxrracing.com. You can save on almost anything that FXR Racing's got. Their 2020 gear is out now, designed by racers for racers. Uh, you've seen FXR make a lot of strides lately in the last few years, and uh, they continue to do a great job. Canadian-owned company and uh, making inroads down in the USA. Filthy Phil Nicoletti wearing FXR. That's all you need to know about that. Race Tech suspension as well. Uh, Race Tech's got their seminars coming in. If you want to uh, add value to your business, add value to your skills, uh, go to Corona, California in September here, late September, and take the suspension seminars that they offer. A lot of industry uh, people have done this, and they started there, and they've learned the, the lessons and the ways of suspension with Paul Feed at the uh, Race Tech suspension seminars, racetech.com for more on that. Thanks to Namira. Industry-leading top-end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top-end at a price that will keep you riding every weekend, no matter the budget. From the professional shop to the privateer garages, Namira has you and your wallet covered. Namira.com, Pistons. Visit your local dealer uh, about the innovative kits as well as their other product lines. Namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Skosh as well, Rockstar Husky using Skosh. They're a family-owned and operated company since 1980. Their products are inspired by a passion for cool vehicles, amazing sounds, the great outdoors, travel, Motorsports, horsepower, and voltage. Horsepower and voltage, man. Sounds good. Uh, Pulp 25 at checkout to save 25% off your purchase at skosh.com. Thank you, Maxxis, as well. Uh, privateers like AJ Canton Zero using Maxxis tires out there, MXSTs, making supercross-made events with the things. Uh, Jeremy McGrath, of course, helped develop it. You know that by now. And also, Max Mountain Bike tires are fantastic. Uh, the Minion line of uh, front tires and rear tires is what... Uh, what I got on my bike, or at least the front anyways. And uh, Maxxis.com, man, for more information from light truck tires to mountain bikes to uh, UTVs to, to dirt bikes, whatever it is. They got it uh, coming uh, at folks at Maxxis. So, uh, all right, let's get into Kyle Cunningham and everything that's going on with him. Interesting guy and uh, veteran of the sport now. And, man, like I said, look at some of those outdoor results. Like quietly, sneakily, Kyle and his dad, Kurt, in a van in the back 40 of the pits. We're killing it. Full privateers. Good job for Kyle. All right, let's dive into this podcast, all right? Thanks for listening, everybody. And now for a repeat performance on the uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Live podcast, number 99, by the way. It's Kyle Cunningham. What's up, Kyle? How are you, man? No, not much. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. You're number 99 in the, in the series of this. Wow. Who knew? That's crazy. That's uh, a lot of numbers. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know 99 for Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure you're a huge hockey fan, Cunningham. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Never been too into the hockey thing. Been to a few games, but yeah, right. not, uh, not absolutely huge in Texas, you know? No, for sure not. Um, so, okay, the season's over. It's been over for a few weeks. What have you been up to? Have you, have you been riding at all, or did you put the bike away and just been totally relaxing? Uh, well, I kind of took a, a week off um, after the last round and made a last-minute decision to go out to Pro Challenge, uh, actually the night before. Okay. So I went out to Swan and raced. Um, we had a couple small mechanicals, uh, both ASA small, uh, 
first day had a small mechanical, which kind of had to ride around and finish fifth. Um, and then the second day was actually in the lead and uh, lost a motor with about a lap to go. Oh, so, shit. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, but, man, honestly, it was it was a fun race to go to. Trey's been putting that thing on since I was seven, if uh-huh. not even before I was racing. So I remember kind of going out and getting to watch – Kevin Wyndham used to come out and race mm-hmm. it, and then Trey did a little bit when we were racing together. Um, so, you know, it's just a fun event in Texas. Uh, I feel like a lot of the people here at home, you know, it's not like being in California. They don't get to see a ton of us race all the time, especially with no more outdoors um, in the Texas state. Right. So, uh, you know, it's a fun race to go to. They've been putting it on for a long time, and uh, it was nice to go out and get a little seat time weekend could have went a little better yeah. but uh you know we still had fun being out there with the texas crowd and a lot of people i know so yeah and that thing pays pretty well right if you can if you can do good at it i believe does it pay pretty good yeah yeah it's not bad they uh it's like a twenty five thousand dollar pro purse right. and they pay per moto so um we didn't race the 250 even though i had one sitting in my garage so i just kind of wanted to go out and ride for fun and be at home racing front of the hometown people so you know uh like i said it could could have been a better weekend we had some issues but uh yeah. and it was still fun to be out there and talk to the kids roaming around and talk to trey for quite a while uh you know growing up and racing it like i said so right. just a good atmosphere that's cool um six rounds nationals you did as a full privateer uh, top 20 in the points uh qualified well at a few races uh, rode well at a lot of them. Um, again, you're a full privateer, so I mean, to me, I think you did. You, I think you had a good summer for every race you were at. You were, uh, uh, you know, right behind the factory guys, if not beating one or two of them. I think you rode well. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, I mean, I had fun. Uh, it was, I mean, it was actually five rounds, and two of them uh, we DNF the first. The first two rounds, Red Bud and Millville, yep. um, we had two DNF motos at each one, and then uh, the other two motos at each one, I was in both first-turn pileups and <laughs> crashed again and got 13 both of those motos. Um, you know, and then uh, I, I think it's tough. I kind of read some, you know, obviously I see the stuff that gets written every now and again, and, you know, the tough thing is, and that's why I made the decision to ride 250, um this year in Supercross mm-hmm. was coming in when everybody's already five rounds in is is a tough thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a little, not a lot of people know, but I got sick at the at the end of Supercross and was told I either was getting Epstein Bar or I was paying the after effects from it, from it? Um, oh, okay. for the last three rounds of Supercross. So uh, I had to take some time off. I think I took four or five weeks off sleeping quite a bit throughout the day and not doing anything and yep. then uh went back to training and riding and you know if it would have been my choice i would have been out there sooner i love being at the races oh. always have always will but uh you know it was one of those out of sight out of mind like you would say i think yeah. uh, when you're not there racing people don't know what you're doing so yeah. you know i think for coming out and not not being at the first rounds and 
you know, I think that totals us out to six motos with points, quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Even Ironman crashed both motos. So I would say uh, results weren't too bad for, yeah. for kind of a last-minute thrown together, <laughs> take the practice bike and the race bike with my dad and, and go see what we can do, you know. Yeah, exactly. I So, okay, I was thinking you didn't do the – first part of the series just for finance reasons like you didn't want to travel all the way out there you know what i mean and all that i thought you were just kind of waiting till it headed east a little bit and getting your program set but no it was really the epstein bar and everything else that was set, that set you back from starting the, the, the at the front yeah i yeah. mean basically that's that was kind of the tough thing i was sitting there you know with vegas i actually got the call before vegas but with the support we had putting the program together at the last minute you know, the the people I was trying to go out and put the name out for and, you know, the the mediocre Supercross season we had had. I mean, I would actually say it was pretty good for, I mean, a lot of people don't know. I had four weeks on the bike before I showed up at Minneapolis. I was riding a stock Honda 250 the whole Supercross season as a practice bike. So, um, you know, for, for what we had to work with, how last minute it mm-hmm. was, super thankful like Todd Hansen when he did HRT in the past I called him when he was at Anaheim one and was like hey man like we need to figure some things out to <laughs> to go racing yep. so uh you know we pieced it together and and it was tough like right around the Vegas time I was sitting there going okay so are you telling me am I sick am I not sick yep what's going on but I was just basically at a point from uh Nashville to East Rutherford to Vegas, I just was tired. I just never, you know, went from doing motos all day at the practice track to, you know, eight laps in. I'm like, okay, why do I just feel stuck? You know, so um, it was one of those things, and it was kind of tough to hear, like, yeah, you just need to basically lay around and do nothing. (laughs) And, you know, I know I'm not – Obviously, you hear the stuff about Bogle and and Kenny and people fighting things. Yeah. We all go through it. So, I mean, I'm thankful that I took the four weeks off, five weeks off, um, and actually they're getting back on the bike at the end of the season. I felt like I was back to normal. It was more the struggle of not being at the races every weekend, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, overall, it wasn't yeah. bad, though. I, I, I wrote this a few times. It was, you know, when you didn't have a bike issue and you just put two motors together, you know, there was some great seasons by John Short and Henry Miller and these other privateer guys, Ben LeMay. They had great years. They were at the, the great seasons. They were at the, all the races, slugging it out. And then if you could put both two motors together, uh, whenever you showed up at five of the races, you would generally be the top privateer guy. Um, so that had to make you feel good. Like yeah. you were like, hey, I'm out of a van. And and nothing against the other guys, they all rode well. Like I said, I'm not saying this to put them down, but if you ever put it together, you were you were the best privateer every weekend. Yeah, I mean, and we, I mean, honestly, talking about John and Henry, like we all had some some really good battles mm-hmm. at some of those races as well that were fun. But we were also in the mix with you know just barely needing that little bit more. Like at at Unadilla, I was super bummed because the first moto. Uh, you know, I got up to, I think I just passed, um, Bogle maybe for eighth and then I crashed and 
threw it away with I think four or five laps to go, and then Butts Creek we had a good good second moto, um, you know, and it was hot there. It was a tough weekend, but you know, and then it was kind of opposite at Ironman. Like I felt good, but I just kind of felt you know stuck where I was that day. You know how that mm-hmm. goes when you're chasing certain things and trying to get things going, and uh, you know. But I mean, like you said, I mean for it's it's a lot tougher. I think that's what people don't understand is it is super tough to come, whether you've been training at home or spending time on the bicycle or in the gym or on the motorcycle, you can't duplicate the race weekend and the intensity of getting up there with those guys and yeah. being in that battle. So it's definitely was an eye-opener for me to, you know, I've always been there around one of the outdoors and you can kind of, ride yourself into that race speed or eventually you build as you go. But, you know, even in going and doing uh, Red Bud, it was like then I took a week or two weeks off because I didn't go to Washougal, then come back at Millville, which I wasn't even going to do. And then I felt like the last three were a little better because you were were finally racing consistently. Right. Into the week in and week out thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, seeing the points at the end and stuff, yeah, I obviously would have, I mean, I wish I could have been there at round one, but like you said, too, financially, that was, I mean, it wasn't solely just one thing. I mean, trying to justify spending X amount to make X amount, and then the way the schedule was, it just didn't really make sense. Um, But, you know, my plan originally was high point, I was going to try and come back, I believe, was the one or Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just changed at the last minute. Just not, you know, whenever you're, you're kind of taking parts off one bike to get the other one going and making sure that you have that one built as a backup. I mean, I give my dad credit at Millville. We had a bike mishap, a mechanical in the first moto, and luckily – they pushed the 125 race back because we pulled my practice motor <laughs> out of my practice frame, then pulled the race motor out of the race frame, then put the practice motor into the race frame, and oh. then somehow made it to the line right when the gate was shutting. So Dude, yeah, it You're... was a little bit of a scramble. Oh, I know. And, and, and yeah, you've been on a lot of teams. You've uh, ridden as a privateer at times. You've been on teams at times. Um, it's so much harder to do outdoors as a privateer, isn't it? It's got to be, you got to be looking around, being like, "Oh my God, where's my where's my truck?" Your dad's slaving away there. It it's almost incomprehensible to describe to somebody how much easier it is being on a team with a mechanic and everything for an outdoor national. Yeah, and I mean, I got, I mean, it's tough in that sense. Like even at Buds, I was really surprised. Maybe it's from being at home in Texas in the heat. I was surprised I felt as good the second moto as I did because when I rode the parade lap, Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this one's going to hurt, you know, (laughs) and I had been sitting behind the sprinter under a canopy all day out in the heat. Yeah. Um, But surprisingly, like, I felt felt good the whole moto. Like, my body felt good. Yeah. Felt like I rode well. But, you know, that's been the big eye-opener this year. And, you know, the outdoors were kind of back to, like, the 2008 days when, you know, I went out of the pickup. I had a little help from Todd, and, you know, we uh, we took the sprinter 
to those last few. Uh, the first two, it was just me and my dad. But, you know, the eye-opener this year is, like, when we did the Supercross thing, we tried to do it a little more proper, a little more like an effort, mm-hmm. um, you know, a smaller team. And I think it worked out really well. But, you know, we weren't in the place budget-wise to go and do that same thing outdoors yeah. this year, you know. Right. So it's been a it's been an experience and an eye-opener kind of being the one to – help with handling fuel and keeping track of how much money is being spent on that side and ordering parts and making sure I'm getting to the races. I mean, it was, uh, it was a little bit of a scramble, but you know, I definitely learned a lot in the same sense and I had a lot of positive people around me. And then also to throw it in besides Todd, my dad and, and my uncle, uh, my uncle actually retired from owning his own business recently. So when it came to those last three week, race weekends, I was going to drive to New York. And he called the night before and was like, let's get you a flight. And I'll just <laughs> help your dad drive. So <laughs> You're like, it, All was, right. uh, it was truly kind of a family and, you know, team effort with right. everyone that was involved. And, you know, it, uh, it made it fun. That's um, a good thing. So yeah, let's let's dive into the finances a little bit. I just want to give our listeners a little bit of. So, you know, you're out there. You're 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 cracking the top ten or coming close. Uh, Honda contingency, FXR maybe contingency, whatever else. You've got HRT helping you out. It's two fifty to race. It's uh, uh, gas money. It's a hotels. Um, your dad's probably not getting paid anything. But can you can you yourself make any money? doing doing what you did at a national can you come away and make something i mean i think you can i mean yeah you can make a little bit but it's more of the return on you know it's basically like saying hey i'm gonna spend 25 or i'm gonna make 2500 but i spent 1700 to get there so at the end of the day you're really you know, clearing 900 bucks. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, to me, honestly, like, yes, it takes money to go racing and you have to be able to make money to continue to go racing. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense too, I love being there. So whatever it takes to do it. And I mean, I've always kind of been the one to say when, when I choose that, I'm at that point when I'm done or whatever it's going to be when I'm not having fun anymore and I don't want to be at the races. And, you know, to be honest, uh, I feel like at 30, I'm probably physically fit and in Mm -hmm. the best shape I've been in my life. My body feels good. And that was the bummer about not being there every weekend because we've had some, some good results in the past, but yeah, for sure. Financially, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to chase every single one of them. It's tough to go from, you know, Pennsylvania to Florida back to yeah. Massachusetts. Like for sure, there's yeah. almost no way to do it. And, you know, even us on our side, we were cutting corners on the only one I flew to, I believe was I took a one way flight up to Unadilla, but then we stayed with my trainer, Seth in North Carolina in between Unadilla and Butts Creek. Um, and the other races, me and my dad were driving up, getting there Friday in time for tech, getting a cheap hotel that we could find Friday night, and yeah. even straight from the track on Sunday to drive home. So, Jeez. yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, crazy. It's, it's a little bit of everything financially, and, you know, it's hard to, 
you know, it sounds crazy, but it's hard to be 100% ready to race every weekend, like you were saying, with the team thing, you know, you're on a plane, you're in there Friday, late Saturday, you're home Sunday morning, Yeah. get your rest, ready for the week, you know, when me and Pops are doing the driving and stuff, he's driving from 6 to 11, and I'm taking the night shift from 11.30 to five in the morning and then grabbing the wheel again you know yeah well i said this last time we did one of these podcasts your dad's a hero your dad's just a hero (laughs) for for everything he has to do and 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 has done for your program over the years and and sweating sweat equity put into your program your your dad's a hero that's the bottom line yeah um i mean he's a good wrench too i think the thing that's tough when pops is wrenching for you you know you learn over the years in racing that Stuff happens. I mean, anything can happen at any minute. It doesn't matter if yep. if my dad or somebody considers this guy the best guy in the pits wrenching on a motorcycle. If something's meant to happen, it's going to happen. I think that's the toughest thing. You know, when we have a small mechanical, he's, like, bummed out because he feels like it's his fault. But right. I can tell you, you know, four out of five times, it's just something weird that happens. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's not really on anyone. You know how that goes. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, he he busts his tail for me. He's been working up at Compound Seventy Seven in Oklahoma, helping Alex Milken, uh run the track up there, doing a good job with that. So he was up prepping the track and taking care of it Monday through Thursday, and then we were leaving after I rode on Thursday and go into the race Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he was right back to it. So, you know, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Do I need to get on Andy at FXR, get you some more money, some more bonus money? You want me to, <laughs> to get, we'll, yeah, get yeah, that figured yeah, out? Yeah, that will work. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, Kyle Cunningham on yeah. the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Live Podcast presented by Namira, Skosh, and Maxis. Uh, like I said, show number 99. So, Hey, um, when you qualify sixth at Bud's Creek, and Bud's Creek is a good track for you. It's always been one of your better ones. But when you qualify sixth ahead of Barsha and Wilson and Plessinger and Bogle and Norrin and these guys, and you're out of a van, like that's got to give you a lot of pride. you got to be stoked on that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. It was kind of – I remember looking at my dad at Bud's because normally in the past, I mean, even when we had the series of fourth places and the podium in yep. 2011 when I was riding with Star, like, I've never been a great qualifier. I can qualify 15th and somehow finish third or fourth mm-hmm. in the moto. Right. That's kind of been my track record for a long time. But, yeah, I mean, it was weird at Bud's. I really I wasn't with anybody when I did my lap. I did it by myself. Uh-huh. I had a clear track. I didn't you know, feel like I was pushing right, that much. Right. <laughs> and, you know, the time the time was there, obviously, which, yeah, I mean, it was good to qualify. I mean, you look at it, great qualifying. I, I mean, the bike we were on, fortunately, Honda makes a great OE model because, I mean, we had FMF exhaust and a stock motor with Enzo suspension and extra clamps. That's... yeah. You know, what you what you saw finish where it did is what you can buy off the showroom or go to Craig or Will or Ross at Enzo Racing, get them to do your suspension. I mean, and that's where we were at. I mean, even Craig was swamped when I was home, so when I had him do some stuff, we didn't do 
any track testing, anything like that. It was just a baseline setting going off of working with each other in the past. And it turned out to be really good. So, I mean, for me, yeah, I was pumped like when we qualified good, but I'm also optimist in a sense that like, really, I don't ever care where I qualify because I know when racing comes, that's when it matters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of the time, depending on track conditions, it's it's tough. Like, one day you can feel twice as good as the weekend before, but you qualify 12th. You didn't get a crittier <laughs> yeah. lap that weekend. You yeah, know? somebody's so, in your way or whatever. But, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, for, you know, for odds being kind of stacked against us, where we were, um, you know, as far as bikes you're up against and everything else, I mean, I was I was pretty stoked. Yeah. Feeling the way I did, you know, for uh for what we were working with. So Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, again, you get you don't get any money for it, you don't get any points for it or anything, but I think that that's that shows you, you know, you're thirty years old, you're out of a van, but you still got speed. You still know how to ride a dirt bike, you know, and like you said, your your fitness is maybe better than ever. So, you know, I think just that's a positive sign. Like did you go six six in the motos? No, but um, you know, it's it's there. It, it's it's there, it's you're still able to do it, you're still able to pull it off, right? So yeah, and I mean, I think that was the, you know, the tough thing at Bud's was I really felt like moto results, the second moto was closer to, you know, where I was qualifying, but both motos, I really, I dug myself a hole. I qualified six, and I felt like on that day I had six to mm-hmm. eighth place speed, and, you know, the first moto, I think I started back in 34th or something, and yeah. Caught back up to to eleventh, and you know, with the conditions, the way they were, how hot it was, you know, I got, I, I felt like the gap was so big. The track was different this year. It wasn't the typical buds. Like I honestly, I've liked previous years better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's because they were worried about the rain or, yeah. you know, it just didn't seem as deep and rutted as usual. No. And, you know, both motos, I kind of felt the same way. Like, the first moto, I caught up to 11th, but by the time I got to 11th, the gap to 10th was, you know, 10 seconds yeah. just from the first couple laps. Yep. And then the second moto, the same thing. Like, when I got to 8th, I felt like me and Dean, you know, I could see Dean on a different part of the track about 6 seconds up in front of me but it was like every lap the gap was mm-hmm. the same the right. same the same I'm like ah you know so I definitely didn't do myself you know any favors but like you said I mean I honestly I feel like the speed's there still I feel good I mean yeah we could have more time to prepare and maybe have you know stuff a little better underneath us um you know, but I feel like the 450 comes with so much power out of the box. I'm, I'm 152 pounds. I'm not a big guy, mm-hmm. so you know, chassis is more important, I believe. Um, but you know, I just looking at those results and looking at the the way I felt on the bike. That's when you're sitting there going, "Man, when I was a little bit of sick, I should have just showed up and raced anyways." <laughs> yeah, but really, right? I think uh, I think I would have dug myself a hole in that sense. So. You know, like I said, it was just, it's fun being out there with those guys, the level of competition, how everybody's riding nowadays. I mean, even those few dudes up front, like they're completely moving. Um, But, you know, to get back in those battles, be there, show I can qualify good, show that, 
the speed still there, you know, is, is a confidence booster, you know, with myself. And, you know, even this year in the lights class, I mean, to go back from the 450 at HEP and, you know, have to make some changes, jump back on the light spike uh, for the East Coast. I mean, even in Dallas and Daytona, Daytona I was down in the second straight and I think came from last to seventh or so. Mm -hmm. And then same thing at Dallas. I caught up from going down and came from last to nine or ten. So, I mean, even Supercross-wise, speed felt good. Right. Bike felt good. You know, I'm just – I'm happy to still be at the race, and like I told you, I feel the best I have, and and I'm still having fun doing it, so that's the more important thing. I think there's still goals there that I haven't accomplished that, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, like you talk sometimes, the flashes are still there. I mean, I'd love more than anything to get out there and throw it on the podium again or win a heat race and kind of show that I can still be up there because it's, you know, been a while since I've been in a – a star racing situation when mm-hmm. I spent, you know, three years with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I just, I guess, I, 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 yeah, it's there uh, for sure. I, and um, Bud's Creek was a great ride for you. I had you in Pulp Mex Fantasy also, so I paid a lot of attention to you that day, <laughs> Kyle, by the way. So I was, I was I'm glad you didn't tell me before because I probably would have ruined it for you. Uh, I think in the past we've <laughs> had some, like, Jinx situations where you talk to me after practice and you're like, dude, you're killing it. I'm putting you on the pole, yeah, putting yeah. you on the fantasy <laughs> team, and then you have to call me like a week later or stop me and be yeah. like, yeah, dude, you didn't do me any favors. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, sure you. Uh, I'm sure you hear about it from fans too, uh, more more than just me. I mean, there's dude, yeah. there's keyboard warriors everywhere, and yes. I'm just gonna say, like, the worst thing is is to get a DM that's like, dude, you messed up my pulp fantasy. Yeah, pick, like, who man. cares, right? Like, sitting like, there yeah. going, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I messed up my life, so don't worry about it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, what is it yeah. with you and Bud? No, it's pretty funny. I, oh. What is it with you and Bud's Creek over the years? You're good there. You like it. I don't know why. A Texas guy is good at buds, but it's always one of your places. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I mean, you know, it's kind of weird. It just seems like it depends on the year. I don't think there's anything specific. Like, I like buds as a track. I think it's fun. You know, I really like Red Bud, you know, but Mm -hmm. there's not a – there's not some weird like feeling when I go there, like right, oh, right, I know right. I'm gonna do good, you know, because I've had terrible races there too. Same thing with Unadilla, like Unadilla, the first moto this year, I felt like I was on rails. I couldn't really do anything wrong until, you know, I crashed. I had some good lines. I felt good on the track, and you know, the last time I remember feeling that way there was back in '08 when I think I qualified like two tenths of a second off Villapoto for second that day you know so it's kind of yeah just i don't know i think it's like certain tracks you like but Mm -hmm. you never know the way they're going to be or you know nothing's ever completely the same as it was the year before depending on weather or you know how much rain they got or how soft the track is and then you know even with the vegas thing like you used to (laughs) talk about the Vegas Supercross every year, and then I swear I went to, like, three years there that have just been terrible. (laughs) There was, like, four or five years in a row where it was, like, two, three, four, three, four, three, and then the next three years were, like, crashed. Next year didn't make the main. Third year crashed. I'm like, 
Yeah, you're like, oh, you know, what, yeah, what's going on? Why well, you're at the age you're old enough now where you've raced these tracks so many times, you have good and bad stories from just about every place out there. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah. it's like even Glenn Helen. Glenn Helen's been so bad to me, but it's not that I don't go faster. It's yeah. just like it's always one, you know, little thing every now and again. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's weird there's tracks that you really look forward to racing. But I mean, with you asking me that question, I wouldn't even say like I would say yeah, I like, but yeah, but, but it's, it's not, not like yeah. Oh yeah, I'm stoked to be there because I know I'm gonna run sixth in practice and I'm gonna have a chance to put it on the podium. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Kyle Cunningham on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Pulp30 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com. Go there. Designed by Racers for Racers. Official gear of Kyle Cunningham. You've been wearing FXR for a few years now, huh? It's been, been a little yeah, bit for you. Yeah, huh? this is a couple of years. Yeah. Carson, Andy, all those guys are great. Man, the new uh, we've been wearing the new 20 stuff the last six, seven weeks, and yeah. I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah. It's good, comfortable. Yeah. Sublimation is awesome too. I'm yeah, they dialed you in with that, that too. With us, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pulp nineteen is the code to save at Racetech. Racetech dot com. Skosh, proud sponsor of the Rockstar Husky team. Uh, Skosh dot com. Use the code Pulp twenty five at checkout for that. Namira dot com. Industry leading top end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top end at a price that will keep you riding every weekend. And Maxxis tires as well. AJ Cantonzaro using Maxxis in Supercross. And uh, the King developed the new MXST tires, so please check out Maxis.com for that. Uh, Skosh is also going to hook you up, Kyle, with a little care package for coming on this show. So the guys, at Sk- I'll get your address when we uh, hang up, and uh, Skosh will send you something. So thanks to those guys for doing that. Ah, oh, perfect. Um, hey, let's. Uh, you've ridden, God, you've ridden everything, and are, have you ridden a KTM? Have you raced a KTM? Uh, Am I, I haven't ridden a KTM. Okay. I had a. I had a Husky there yep. for yeah, Husky. about a month in, before I got the JGR filling. Okay. So it would yep. have been the off-season of 16, I believe. Yep. Um, what's your favorite bike? What bike brings your smile to your face when you think about it over the years? I mean, as I said, you've ridden just about everything. Man, that's a, I don't know. That's a tough one because, I mean, when you were – I mean, when I was – at Star, obviously, we were more on, you know, kind of, I'd say, factory setups. You mm-hmm. know, same thing at Valley. Like, I really liked when I got the fill-in to ride Ivan's bike. Like, after him, I mean, obviously, he's a great tester. So, after him testing and developing that thing and him racing on it, I mean, there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't say anything good about the 2010 Yamaha, but the way he had it set up was good, but... I mean, I, I don't know. I think it just goes into what type of program you're in, you're in and who you're working with. All the bikes are are so good now. It's, I mean, I love the Honda this year yep. as far as Supercross and handling wise. The chassis's great, feels good in the whoops. The bike stays straight, um, really easy to dial in. And like I told you, working with Craig, I mean. Yep. I took some suspension over to his shop, and we didn't do any track testing. I actually went to Redbud, raced it. I came back. I'm like, hey, this felt really good, but can we make a small change here? Mm-hmm. Made the change, and the bike felt pretty dialed. So, I mean, I would say right now, you know, over the years, the bikes have gotten better, but 
I'm pretty uh, pretty dang happy with the 19 Honda chassis, and I don't think they've changed it much for 20. If that's what we end up being on, who knows? But uh, you know, I'm really happy with it. But I think it's more. I mean, the bikes all. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, to me, riding the Suzuki last year, the Honda this year, yep. playing a little on the the Husky when I had it, and the Yamaha, I, mean, I think they're all great bikes. It's just more kind of as a rider how you know how to dial it in and, and tailor it to you. It's amazing how much power is in these things out of the box nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it's That's crazy. That's what blows my mind. <laughs> and the level of technology with ECU setups and being able to pull it up in your phone and change it yourself it's yeah a whole different ball game yeah it really is right so actually so we were just talking about that because i went to the 2020 uh yamaha launch and we were talking about the first generation of those yz450s and you know yamaha right now is in a really good spot those star bikes are amazing and a lot of it is due to the fact that they turn the motor around and the way they deliver the the, the, the air the way they deliver the fuel they have an advantage over the other bikes the 450 yamaha is an amazing bike, and you know they they did the same thing. They kind of innovated and turned the motor around. But early on, we were as we were talking about, like I do believe there was something to the early chassis that didn't work well with that motor turn around on the 450. But but you you said it was a good bike. You you liked it. You thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I I got thrown on it in 2010. You know, it was Ivan's bike. We were around the same weight and. It was pretty much one of those, hey, ride it, see how it feels. If you like it, you can race it. And I hardly even had to, to change a clicker after, you know, he had it dialed in to where it was. But, you know, we're also comparing apples to oranges because you're thinking, man, that was nine, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, but I remember, I remember some of the complaints at the time, and I was thinking, like, man, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's pretty good. <laughs> you know? pretty good so um you know obviously bones and ivan had that thing dialed at that time and you know that's where i think it's just more like i told you the time you put into the testing and making changes with the bike and and kind of tailoring it to what you need um you know i spent a lot of time this off season i rode a honda 450 a little bit Mm -hmm. uh and it was same thing as what I raced in outdoor stock motor, um, three settings on the ECU that I could change and actually feel a difference on. Yep. Um, you know, I didn't feel the need to cut subframes a ton or or change links or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. the bike turns well, the traction's good on the tires in the corners, it stays straight in the whoops. Um you know, so that's why I was saying now where the level of motorcycles are, and it's hard to, you know, sit here and, and say this one's better than this because they all come with, uh, you know, certain characteristics off the showroom. Yeah. But I for sure was happy with the direction we went with red and how the starting point of the bike felt to, you know, where we were at even in outdoors when yeah. I rode it. Like I said, I mean, right. just being basically a, a showroom bike and doing what we could do on it, I think kind of kind of shows uh, where they're at just from the start. When it comes to setting up a bike and testing, do you look back at your younger years and, and think about maybe how, how dumb you were and how much better you are now, older, wiser, knowing what a bike does underneath you, knowing what you, what you like a bike to do, what you don't like a bike to do? 
Yeah, I mean, I think over the years, obviously, I mean, when I was at YOT in 07 and, you know, I mean, even now to the day, I still like to value, you know, whether whether you're working with Craig or you're working with Ross or you're working mm-hmm. with Will or, you know, you're you're working with a Todd Brown or someone like that. Like, I've always been a big one to kind of value their opinion as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I yep. mean... I think those guys have been around long enough and know. I think sometimes you can find yourself, you know, chasing your tail. But, uh, you know, I think from the point I was at early on, and I mean, the big thing was more supercross testing, you know, learning how the bike needed to be in the whoops and, and the jumps and the track and, you know, trying to have a good plush feel, but at the same time still be stiff enough to, you know, take the hits and handle the proper way. That was the big, you know, learning experience at that time. But, yeah, as you get older, I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy to me the stuff you notice. Or even nowadays, you'll barely hear one little thing wrong, and you can almost, you know, pinpoint and tell, like, hey, this this something's not right right yeah, here. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, over the years, as you learn, the testing gets a little bit easier. Um I mean, obviously, the guys around you get more knowledgeable as well, which makes it better. But mm-hmm. you for sure kind of learn the the characteristics of what you're looking for, how you want the bike to feel when you're sitting on it, to when you're riding it, to what position in the stroke you want it to be in coming out of the corners or through the bumps. So um, definitely a lot of experience. And, and, I mean, 23 years is a long time on a motorcycle, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Uh, we'll wrap this thing up yeah. here a little bit. Uh, 2020, what's your plans? What do you want to do? Who are you talking to? What's uh, it's, Obviously, it's a little bit early, just September 4th today when we record this, but um, what you got anything locked in? You, you know what's going on at all? I mean, to be honest with you, as of right now, just kind of working on things. Uh, Todd, Hanson, and myself are working on potentially, you know, if we're going to go – do it like we did this year again, or maybe even a little bit bigger, but Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. I don't have any offers on the table, anything like that. And I feel like we did a good job this year with, with what we put together and there's Mm -hmm. potential to, to grow it. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess the easiest thing to say is I don't, I don't plan on being done anytime soon. So, one way or another, uh, we'll be at we'll be at Anaheim one, and hopefully it's uh, me and Todd working together, which I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think this go around though, it'll be four fifty for sure. I don't think well, we'll be okay. messing with the two fifties anymore. <laughs> that's that's what I was going to so, ask you. So yeah, four fifties would be the plan. Yeah, four fifty Supercross. I'd like to go. I mean, I've only done all seventeen one time, which was last year. And, Mm-hmm. It was a learning experience, but um, I'd like to I'd like to do it again. And like I said, I have Todd in my corner and kind of working on things. Like you said, it's early, so mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to see what I can piece together and what we can make happen because that seems like uh, that's what the option is right now. I mean, there's not a, as you know in the sport, there's not a ton of ton of spots out there and jobs and. No. You know, I'm happy uh, happy with what we did this year, and I feel like, um, you know, if we have the time to plan between him and myself, we can uh, do it in a bigger way and uh, kind of grow it from where we did.
Right. Would you? Uh, what about Monster Cup? What do you think about that? Any plans? I'd like to be there. I mean, I have uh, I have two two four fifty sitting in the garage right now. So I mean, if I still if I still have a bike, I wouldn't mind uh, being there and racing. And I think the last time for me there was twelve or thirteen. I think I went eight seven six for mm-hmm. sixth overall, possibly. Yeah, and probably made so a, it's always probably a made a bunch of money too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, decent paycheck, and you know, it's uh you know, I think it's a good race to the tracks, not ever like super gnarly. Um, so it's kind of a good race to go get back on the gate. If you have a baseline, kind of see where you're at and then give yourself a couple months from then to the first round to get going more in the right direction. So I think just depending on what we get going with the program and what we can get put together, the, the main thing for me is to, you know, if we show up, we're, 100% 100% ready or know what direction we're going with sponsors instead of right. kind of showing up with a halfway effort, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so. thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it on the on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Podcast, Kyle Cunningham. Um, good job in the outdoors, man. When you showed up, you were very good. Uh, and when you know, whenever when your bike didn't break or anything else, man, you were you were quick. That Bud's Creek qualifying time was impressive. And uh, yeah, let's try to. Try to line up for 17 Supercross rounds next year. I think you can end up doing pretty well, and then who knows, maybe a fill-in ride comes in for you or, or whatever. You certainly still, as, as, a, as a veteran of the sport, your speed's still there. I think that we can see that. So thanks for the time, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it any time, and thanks for having me on. No problem. See you, man.